Well, I, I want to, as we break into the Word of God now, our hearts have been tenderized by the Spirit of God, and uh, I hope uh, you guys are encouraged with what the Lord has been speaking to us. Um, if you're a guest with us today, we, this is uh, week three of a series called Growing in the Favor of God, and so if you're listening online or if you're here today and it's your first time, We've been talking about over the last couple weeks about how we as God's people, we can actually grow in the favor of God. And literally, the word says that Jesus grew in favor with God and man. It said Samuel grew in favor with God and man. And you and I as Christians, as lovers of God, we as well, we can grow in the favor of God. And I believe that's a process. I believe that's something that we submit ourselves to and we yield to the Spirit of God in order to get there. And so last week we, we had the scripture we talked about in Hebrews uh, about how God opposes the proud but he gives favor to the humble. And so we talked last week a lot about pride and humility, and we, we discussed how humility, if we humble ourselves, we literally grow in the favor of God. That humility is this thing that attracts the favor of God. Everybody say, humility, humility. attracts the favor of God. But it only, doesn't only attract the favor of God, but it also attracts the favor of man. And when we're in pride, our pride it gets our pride actually gets uh, has a, there's a resistance from man and God when we when we walk in pride, and so we talked both about humility and pride last week, and we talked about how pride literally pushes the favor of God away from us. Did you hear that? That literally our pride pushes the favor of God away from us. And so we don't want the favor of God pushed away from us, do we? We desire the favor of God to chase us down, don't we? And so, and so, and, and with favor, and, and I realize, and I've talked about this, and I want to say it each time, because so many people can take the message out of context, but we as we accept Christ in our heart, we already have favor. There is favor. Our righteousness comes from him, and there is a level of favor that comes to us as God's heart, his heart is always turned towards us. But there is this favor to walk in the supernatural. There's this favor to walk in revival. There's favor to walk in the things of God that where we, as we humble ourselves, we can literally grow in this favor to move mountains. And I believe that's what we're called to as a church. We are a church that moves mountains. We have seen miracles. We have seen God do amazing things in this house over the last 20 years where God has moved. We've seen people get saved and radically changed that come off drugs and get bondages broken. And literally the favor of God has come into their lives and God has done amazing things. Amazing miracles. And I don't, want to forget, I don't want us to forget what God has done. So many times as you're pressing in to the presence of God, really what we're pressing into is his presence, his favor, his, his beauty, his glory. I want more of him. How about you? I'm really not pressing into the promises of God. I, I love the promises of God. Uh, but there, the, I want more of the Lord. I believe all those things are a byproduct of the presence of God. 
And if I focus on him and, and doing things his way, for him, for his glory, for his namesake, I believe all those things come. Favor comes. The river flows with me. The river doesn't flow against me. And when the river is flowing against me, I've got to find out why the river's flowing against me. And usually it's tied to pride. But we read last week out of Proverbs that when pride comes and it pushes the favor away from God, that the Bible literally says in Proverbs that, that pride is, is an abomination to God. Did that bother anybody last week? That pride is detestable to God. And we get so comfortable in our pride. We get so comfortable in our attitudes. We get so comfortable in what we think is right. And so we talked about that, that last week. And then we began to identify the differences between pride and humility. And I gave you a list that was very long last week. Anybody look at the long list last week? And it was painful and it was exposing of how many different ways we can walk in pride and we don't even realize we're doing it. And so, what I was blessed is, so many of you shared with me how God was opening your eyes this week to pride. And I appreciate you guys going after and asking God and seeking God about the pride that we carry in our hearts. But last week I, I gave you an action plan and hopefully you took that action plan. I, the, 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 the goal of last week was to take that list that I made and you begin to examine your life, begin to self-reflect on where in your life are, is there areas of pride that you're walking into and to get with an accountability partner and to begin to ask people, hey, do you see this in me? Am I this? Am I that? I, I, I gave you several questions. Some of those questions were, do you see me being selfish? Do you see that I'm inconsiderate of others? Do you see that I'm self-focused? Am I hard to get along with? Do I blame shift? Am I insecure? Am I correctable? Am I teachable? What, what are the areas of pride that you see in my life? And I know many of you did that this week, and we're going to share some of that later in the service, or later in the message, because I really felt like God said to me that, because uh, I had full intentions today to go into the next area of, um, of, the, of the series uh, on what attracts the favor of God and growing in favor. I, and I really wanted to go into the next one, but the Lord said, mm, no, <laughs> not yet. You're exactly right, not yet. I don't think we realize, and, and, and really what the Lord put in my heart was that today I want you to go back to this area of humility. I want you to go back to this again because pride is a big mountain. Pride is a big mountain that I want to remove. And so I'm, I'm starting, not all over again, but I, I'm going to go through some things today to really get us to not, not condemn ourselves or not to make us feel guilty. But there's a deception about pride, and I've seen it in my own life. There's a deception that, that is upon us. We don't see clearly, and it really does take good people around us. It takes good people around us, hear me, it takes good people around us to be honest with ourselves and to be honest with each other about the things that are going on in our lives and the pride that we walk in and how to get to humility. So, that's where we're going to go today. And um, one of the things I shared last week, and somebody reminded me of it this week, that I needed to share it again, so I'm going to share it again. 
one of the points of my message last week was you cannot, you cannot put humility on top of your clothes of pride. That what's going on right now is God's exposing our pride as a nation, as a church, as individuals. There is a shaking that's going on that is worldwide. There is a shaking that's not just going on in Newcastle or not just Indiana, not just the United States. There is a worldwide shaking that is going on. And there is a mountain of pride that is driving all that we see in the nations and in our nation and in our hearts. But pride, we are dressed and clothed in pride because of our sin nature. But we have to take the clothes of pride off before we put the clothes of humility on. Last week we talked about the scripture that says, clothe yourself in humility. Remember the passage. And so there, what's going on right now in this week is all week there was this unclothing the body of Christ. God was unclothing us. He was stripping us. He was showing us the pride that was in our hearts. I wanted to do an, a, a, an example where we have somebody up here starting to take off layers of clothes. I just didn't know, what, you know, where, where do you stop, right? Because one of the things my wife said this morning there, she goes, I really feel this morning God wants to emphasize that we must get, we must strip ourselves of pride and get naked of pride. And then put the, then put on the garments of humility. But what we try to do in our culture, what we try to do in our life is we try to get a little bit of humility. We realize we get a little pride and then we go, oh, well, I'll just put a little pride or humility on right now. But we keep the pride on. And so I really want to encourage us today. God is moving. God is doing something in the earth. And we need to cooperate with God. Revival will come when a people humble themselves and pray and seek his face. So, I want to encourage you, get naked. <laughs> Online, get naked. Oh yeah, and what I'm saying, by get rid of your pride. So we're getting rid of our pride. Is everybody willing to submit to the Lordship of Christ and getting rid of your pride and bringing on humility? So, the only time that we can be self-focused, I believe, is right now when we're focusing on things that God is revealing to us. You know, we talked about last week where humility is this more concern for others than we are ourselves. And so <clears throat> I believe right now, and, and a lot of that has been said already this morning, I believe our nation really needs us in this hour. I really believe that if our nation is going to humble itself, it's going to be because it started with the house of God first. I really believe that. And as, you know, even Ashley, as she started singing 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Everybody say, humble themselves and pray. If, everybody say if. Is that conditional? So it's not an automatic. So we're positioned right now this morning even to talk about this today is who in this house will 
if they will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. And there's a part of that and turn from their wicked ways, their wicked pride. Then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. I'm standing on that scripture. Amen. Amen. So this thing of pride and humility is what our culture needs right now so desperately from us. Our world is shaking and falling apart, and there is so much division. Have you guys noticed the division? I mean, just take the masks. I mean, there is so much division in the church on masks. I mean, it is crazy. People upset, angry over masks. You know what? I possibly was exposed to COVID last week. I'm wearing it to protect you. I'm not worried about it for me. But there is so much division on masks. And you know what? That's all rooted in pride. There's so much division in our nation about Republican and Democrat. Guess what? It's all pride. There's so much div division on racism or no racism in our culture. It's all pride. There's so much division on sexuality, sexuality and gender sensitivity in our nation, and it's all pride. Who's right? Who's wrong? I'm standing by God with my rights. You know what? The beautiful thing about Jesus was he gave up his rights. Jesus actually surrendered his rights as God and took the very nature of humility and came as a servant and laid down his life. He could have called a legion of angels for his, on behalf of him to save him, but he gave up his rights. And I think God's wanting us to give up some rights of being right and wrong, and pride is at, at the root of all this division that we see in our nation, and pride wants us to do it our way. But in today's message, as I said, my full intent was to go somewhere else, and we're not doing that. So we're going to stick with where he is talking and where he's moving. And so the other message will come later, who knows when. We may be on this for six months. You're okay with that if that's what happens, right? So, so many of you have been working this week on pride and self-reflecting just as I have, and I've gotten approval from several people to share their journeys, and I'm not going to use names today, but here's what the Lord put in my heart to do today, um, is to begin to show you by example what God is doing in other people's hearts so that you will see the practical application of how we identify pride, how we unclothe ourselves from pride, and then how we put on humility in order to move towards growing in God and growing in his favor. And so that's what I'm going to do today is I'm going to take some examples, I'm going to take some stories that you guys all shared with me this week. I really appreciated how many of you got in contact with me. I, it really blessed me to know that you took that list and you began to work on it. But I'm going to start with my own personal journey last week of humbling myself, and I'm going to get real vulnerable with you. You guys, you guys okay with me getting vulnerable with you? And everything that I share today, if anybody, I'm not going to use anybody else's name, but I, they've given me permission to say what I'm going to say today. So I just want you to know that, that I'm not exposing anybody, uh, and I'm only going to expose myself with my own name. So... But last Sunday, as we were talking about humility and pride, and we had the worship team came, come back up um, 
to, to, to sing that song that we just did, um, there was a work that began to take place in my wife and I. And there was this breaking as we were singing that song. And God was expo exposing and removing some deception within my own heart. And my desire is, uh, honestly, is to break off every arrogant word, every arrogant deed, every arrogant thought within my own heart. I desire not to be an abomination to my God. And to know that my pride has caused me to do that with the Lord. That morning when we were singing, this conviction, this I'm sorry God, and my wife and I were literally bawling before the Lord at the end of service. And he was saying, Eric, I want you to go lower still. I want to break more off of you still. I want you to follow me, your Savior, to this road of humility, this road of brokenness. I want you to go on a journey with me, Eric. And so I, I was feeling it, Karen was feeling it. And so immediately after service, and we went and got home, Karen and I began to talk and we began to go through the list that I asked you guys to go through. And Karen started off, she goes, okay, Eric, where do you see pride in my heart? What do you see? She started asking me the questions. I started, she, I, we started talking. She started asking me questions and then back and forth. And it was beautiful. I want you to know, guys, it was so beautiful talking with my wife with no defensiveness, with no, um, oh, but let me explain why I do that or her uh, defending herself. There was this dialogue, and you can have this with a spouse. If you don't have a spouse, you can have it with a friend. You need to find someone to get together with, and you need to allow them to go into the place where you don't let anybody in and get vulnerable. And the beauty of that vulnerability and the desire to be corrected and to hear what the other one has to say was so amazing. No defensiveness, like I said, no denial, just pure honesty with each other. And I discovered something about my heart because she was really gentle and she was really generous, making me feel like I was better than what I was. <laughs> but I promise you, she was wrong. <laughs> And so we started talking about, you know, I still have fits in my heart and times where I get frustrated and I get angry. Does anybody else get frustrated and angry in their, your life? Amen. And I started talking to Karen about it. I said, you know, I'm, I'm discovering that every time I get frustrated and every time that I get angry, that the anger is actually exposing my pride. And my selfish desire to have things work out the way I think it needs to work out. I can get frustrated at somebody because I think they need to react, respond, or do something differently. And I find that when I get frustrated with them, it's only because I have an expectation of them that they don't have for themselves. 
and I'm pushing my expectation on somebody and I'm getting frustrated when I don't see the expectation coming to pass. Whether it's a son cleaning up after himself at our house or whether it's one of you in, in dealing with something that you're going through. And God said, lower still, son. Who died and made you king? But again, I think I'm right. And sometimes I am. But it doesn't matter. My relationship with people is more important than being right. Did you hear me? Your relationship with people is more important than you being right. So lower still. And I'm thinking about myself and I'm thinking about what's right. And really one of the things that God exposed last week is I, in my frustration... And when he was exposing my pride, he, he showed me something that I really am attracted to an easy life. That actually, what I'm fighting is that I want things to go easy and smooth and perfect. And so you're trying to do everything right in order that life will go smooth and easy for you. So if someone frustrates you, you're making my life more difficult and you're frustrated because it's about you because you're making my life difficult and I'm wanting it easy, but you're not making it easy. So I'm getting angry because I want it to be easy. And you're not making it easy, Karen, on me, or Abe, or John, or Fred, or Frida. You're making my life hard. You're making it tough. Lower still. It's not about you, big boy. It's about my kingdom come. My will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And if it means you going lower still, then go lower still. And then Monday comes. That was just Sunday. <laughs> and then Monday comes. <laughs> Everybody loves Mondays, don't you? Monday, Monday. La, la. And this is going to be good. I'm going to show you some more stuff, and then I'm going to show some other people's stuff. Everybody wants to see everybody else's stuff, right? <laughs> oh, it's going to be good. Wait and see. No. Then Monday came. Someone had emailed me and shared with me their journey of pride and humility, and they were sharing with me how God had convicted them and God had... Um, made them realize that they were sharing some wisdom with somebody else about marriage and how when they were sharing that wisdom with somebody else about marriage that God had convicted them of their motivation that their motivation was prideful and that they were wanting to make sure that person and that couple knew how much they knew about marriage it's not from the marriage ministry so don't think it's Jeff and Susan Julian <laughs> I'll throw them under the bus later. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but the person realized that the very wisdom that they were sharing, which was great wisdom, 
there was a level they were trying to impress somebody else about how much they knew. Lower still. And they were repenting about how God showed them that that was pride, and they were surrendering that to the Lord. But God was exposing the motivation of their heart. But then in the email, they shared something about me misquoting something last week. And that's where my pride came in. So, last week I quoted that C.S. Lewis actually wrote something that Rick Warren wrote. And so this is what I shared with you last week that is actually from Rick Warren. And this is a powerful statement that Rick Warren said, true humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. And so when I was shared with the email uh, about that, I, that was actually a quote from Rick Warren and not C.S. Lewis, uh, my pride kicked in gear. I misquoted something. I wanted to respond to that email because I had researched this. I had researched it, actually, and in my message, this person didn't have a clue, but in my message, I had originally given the quote to Rick Warren. But as I was researching the quote that I had said was Rick Warren's, everybody kept saying it was actually from C.S. Lewis. So I changed my notes, and I actually put that it was from C.S. Lewis when it was actually Rick Warren. I wanted to explain myself, and I'm not explaining myself right now because of pride. What I'm doing right now is I'm explaining myself because that's what my flesh wanted to do. I wanted to explain myself. I wanted to explain what I had done and why I had done it so that I could what? So I could what? Be right. And to prove to the person that I had done my research, and yes, I saw that, and yes, you are right. Because I wanted him to have a good what? Opinion of me. And so what I did is I repented of that pride that began to... <laughs> and I refused to say anything about the quote. Because in the past, guess what I would have done? I wouldn't have blasted them, no. I would have said, uh, I would have shared the journey and I would have said what I said and I would have said, you're right. I would have admitted you're right, I would have just, but I would have shared how I messed that up. There's no one here that's ever done that. There's no one that's ever done that in this house, is there? All you who are being quiet... Isn't that a great quote, though? Yes. True humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's actually thinking of yourself less. What does that mean? Again, I'm not continually thinking about Eric Haler. I'm not continually thinking about myself. I'm also not thinking that I'm a worm. I don't know what's going on over here. Bless him, Lord. Bless him. A lot of pride coming out in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. But pride hates to be wrong. Your pride wants to prove you're right. Pride wants to make yourself look better in the eyes of men. Pride wants everyone to know how much you know. 
Pride wants to make everyone know how much you know. And it's ugly, ugly. And God, please forgive me. And so I began to remove that pride of that coat of pride. I began to take it off and say, no, I don't want anything to do with it. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, that you have made me who I am. And I thank you, God. And I just began to bring humility to my heart. I began to thank God for his correction. And I began to let go of impressing people. I began to say, Lord, I do not want to live to impress man, but to impress you. The higher we want to go, the lower we've got to get. So I want to share somebody else's journey. That's just a couple of mine that God worked on pride this week. And then I'm going to share um, a, a few others and see where the Lord lets us land this plane because it's almost 12 already. So don't worry about your roast right now. We're going to get through a few more of these. Well, this one's from a teenager here at, New, here at New Covenant. And all I want to say right now to the teenagers is, uh, I'm so thankful you proved me wrong. I am so thankful that you guys listen. I am so thankful that you guys are listening to the Word of God, and I praise God for you. And so it was an encouragement to get a response from a teenager. Everybody say amen. Because they're a chosen generation, man, and we desperately need them. So this is the email that I got, or whatever form of communication it was. It says, good evening. I just wanted to thank you for Sunday's message and hopefully give you some encouragement. The timing of your message was so perfect in a way that only God could make happen. Only a few days before, I had discussed with a leader in my life how everywhere in my life I had unfortunate relationships. And I didn't understand why people were so drawn away from me. Then you came with your message and explained it perfectly. Because I was desperate for a solution. My heart was very open and appreciative of your message. This message not only gives me a solution, but intense hope for a new future. Thank you so much for obeying God so intently and leading others. I look forward or I'm excited to keep learning what God has to teach me through you. And so she discovered, he, she, whatever which one it is. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> was discovering that pride in their life was actually repelling people from them. God resists the proud but so do you. And it's not that we want to resist people or oppose people because we want to love people. And sometimes the hardest people to love are the ones that are so prideful. And God tests us in our humility with those who are pride. But she, the, they saw that... I'm not going to put the three together because that can get you in trouble. <laughs> Think about that for a while. <laughs> no, not over. <laughs> Your mind's not. Come on, Jesus. Help me. I didn't understand why people were so drawn away from me. And now she has hope and a solution. He, she, it. Whew. 
That'll probably be blasted over email now. Go ahead, give me your pride balls now. Go ahead, bring it on. No. I had an adult get with me. An adult got shared with me this. So we're going to go from teenager to adult. They were convicted, and I'll just read it exactly the way he said. God convicted me of my pride at work this week. I get so angry with people at work when they don't do what they're supposed to do. I work so hard, and it does not get appreciated, and no one notices it. Then they goof off and get, with, get away with it. Then it dawned on me, my anger was pride. My pride wanted to be noticed for doing it right, and my pride wanted them punished so that, so that people would realize I actually am different. I wondered why people would avoid me at work and why everyone thought I was always angry. Now I get it. I was angry, and they were avoiding me because of my pride. I keep hearing that scripture. God opposes the proud but gives favor to the humble. Even people oppose the proud. No wonder no one wanted to be around me or listen to me about God. They didn't want anything to do with me. Lord, forgive me. How many people in our workplace are actually being repelled away from us because of our pride? Another adult. An adult. And I, this really blessed me. They brought me their list that I passed out. And again, there's more back there if you need it or I can email it to you. They brought me their list. And they had checked off all the ones of pride on here. And there's quite a few of them. And they said, I want you to hold me accountable. Every time we meet, I want you to ask me, how am I doing in each of these areas? That blessed me. Because they were so aggressive in getting the pride out of their heart. And that they wanted help to get free from that bondage. Another person, another adult, was so angry about the face mask mandate from Governor Holcomb and that God convicted them that their anger also was rooted in pride. My true motivation was not that I, read it right, my true motivation was I just didn't want anyone telling me what to do. You know, I'm really encouraged actually There's a move of humility, not just in this church, but there's a move of humility in our nation and especially our county, our city. There really is a work of humility that is going on right now, and I don't want you to miss this movement. If you're here today and you haven't plugged into this movement, I'm telling you, there is a movement that's going on even in our city for humility. Did anybody see the Courier Times this week? On the front page of the Courier Times this week, our city council, or our county councilman, Kenan Gray, and the turmoil that he went through uh, over some racist comments that he had made on Facebook. It was from the front page of the Courier. People were outraged, calling for his resignation due to his social media posts that were racially divisive. In a three-hour council meeting this week, Kenan Gray humbled himself publicly. Now, whether you're going to criticize whether he was truly humble or not, or it's just because he got caught, man, that's pride in itself, so don't even go there. Don't even judge somebody's motivation. If you don't know him, shut up. 
You know, that's really what it boils down to. But this is what Kenan said at the council meeting just this week. I do ask for forgiveness. I do realize I did wrong. I do, not, I, do, I do like to follow the golden rule. I really believe I'm not racist, but I posted some things that were hurtful and that suggested I am. And for that, I am deeply sorry for it. I am sorry I hurt this community. Humility from a county council member. And then the president, or the, then, the, then the, the county commissioner, Ed Tedertino, then made this statement as well. He offered a plea for forgiveness. And this is what he stated. Guys, there is a shaking going on in our world. There is, there is a work of God going on right now. Jump on board. Don't miss the train. This is what Ed stated in the paper. He said, God gave us all a beautiful and perfect world to live in, and we, are all, and we all proceeded to mess it up. This year in particular, we seem to be messing it up more than usual. We mess it up because we are not perfect. I have never seen a time in my life that it seemed so difficult for people to get along. I have never seen so much hate in the world, and especially in my own country. We have all done things that are wrong. We all said words that have hurt other people. We have all said things we wish we could have taken back. And when we hurt someone, especially when it is not intentional, we want to be forgiven. If we are ever going to heal this country, if we are ever going to heal this country, we have to learn how to forgive. Amen. We have to learn humility. That's going on right here in this county. That's humility, church. God is moving in our community to bring down pride and for us all to grow in humility. God's moving. Will you join the movement? If, if, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Even our church leaders in this community are humbling themselves. I've been meeting over the last several months with pastors every two weeks for prayer, and we've been feeling like we need to get together as a community to begin to pray for healing and deliverance and for God to move in this city. And the first time I showed up for the prayer, there were four of us. The second time, there were six. The third time, there was 10 or 11. And today, I don't know, we're gonna be showing, we're gonna be praying this Thursday. I don't know how many pastors are actually going to be there, but there is this work of humility in pastors and leaders' hearts where they know we've got to have God move. And so in the month of August, there's this fasting that's going on where people are going to be humbling themselves on Tuesdays. 
and praying for our community, praying for racial reconciliation, praying for our schools to be safe when the kids go back, praying for our local economy and businesses and people and, and, and the renewing of our churches, that God would revive the churches in this community. And so I just want to encourage you, will you humble yourself with us? Would you begin to take maybe Tuesday, it's every Tuesday, starting this Tuesday, we're just going to humble ourselves every Tuesday and pray for our community as a covering over our city. Pastors are doing this right now. Other churches are showing the same thing up this week. And it just happens to fall when we're talking about humility. And what is fasting? Is fasting humility? Denying yourself? I don't care if it's a meal. I don't care if it's um, sauerkraut. Whatever you, whatever you. I don't care if it's social media. I don't care if it's TV. I don't care. Deny yourself something. Deny yourself something. Lower yourself. Lower yourself. I know mine needs to be food. I just know that. Don't even have to think about that one. But the scripture on there is again, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. That's a sign of God doing something in our community. Are you encouraged by that? Then at the end of the month, so we're going to do this for four weeks, and then at the end of the month, uh, Henry County 500, we're not going to do a 500 race. That's not what that stands for. I was a little confused when they called it 500. They're believing that 500 people will gather for worship and prayer, for unity and racial reconciliation downtown Newcastle. You know where they have that new stage and everything on downtown? We're going to have FM, uh, FM receivers so you can stay in your car or you can get out, whatever you want to do. But we're going to have FM a converter down there to where you can actually turn in and listen to the prayer. We're going to have a, uh, a brother. Um, we're going to have, we're, yeah, there's going to be some sharing in the word and some worship and uh, it's going to be a good thing. But uh, it's not an event that's going to stop. There's this humbling and there's this thing of prayer and unity that's coming into our city. And I'm really excited about it. So put that August 30th. It's a Sunday at 5 p.m. downtown. You can park at the library. You can park there in that park along the street. You can even come to the Hanson's house and just and, and we'll just pile in. Pile, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm volunteering their house. Don't you like that? <laughs> But uh, that's something that's going to be going on. But this is something that I believe God is orchestrating. And there's a movement of humility. Will you join the movement? Will you unclothe yourself of your pride and clothe yourself with humility? I want to show you something that I had up last week, and I, I was surprised. Several people said they didn't do it, and uh, I'm not mad, but our action plan, this was our action plan for last week, and it's our action plan for this week, because God's emphasizing to, get, to unclothe ourselves of the pride. So everybody take a look at this. Take down the pride this week, so we're going to do this week two, and if you didn't do this last week, I'm not saying shame on you. I will never shame you. Take a picture of that with your phone. Do whatever you need to do. That's your homework. Everybody get your phones out and take a snapshot of that. A snapshot of that. 
a picture of that. That's your action plan for the week. You're going to find an accountability partner who is willing to speak tough truth to you, who knows you well, and you're going to ask them for help. You're going to humble yourself, and you're going to get gut honest about the pride that they see in your life and that you see in your life. Several people told me that when they did this last week, it really helped them, and the person that was sharing it, and, and they compared notes, and most of it was I mean, they were in the same spot. Most people knew where they were in pride as they went down that list. Ask some tough questions. There they are. But number two is really the big one. Number two is the humbling of yourself and the repentance. Confess the sin of pride to your accountability partner. Ask God to forgive you and them to forgive you as well. And of course, Go to your family, co-workers, church family, and ask people to forgive you. If you've made a mess and your pride has really bled over into a lot, of paint, a lot of people, it's like I've got this bucket of paint and I dropped it right here. And it goes, swoosh, and it hits Sean and Charlene, it hits Kate, and it hits my wife. And now my responsibility is when my pride has gotten on you, I'm to come to you and I'm supposed to ask you to forgive me. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Everybody say that word. Godly sorrow. I'm sorry I've hurt you. I'm sorry I've made it about me. Husbands and wives, you guys need to be doing this. There's a lot of husbands and wives. We have some marriage issues here. And it's all revolving around pride. And we need to be repenting to our spouses, to our children. I've had to repent to my children more than once when that bonehead thing comes up, you know, where you do stupid stuff. So that's your action plan. Can you do that? I'm going to land this plane. I want to, I've got two things I want to do, a scripture, and then I want to share somebody else's story. And then we're going to pray. Proverbs 3, 3 through 8 says, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Everybody say that. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win what? Then you will win what? Then you will win what? And a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. That means don't lean on your own wisdom. You think you're right when you're actually probably not. That's what that's saying. In all your ways, submit them to God, to him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil, and this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. I want to challenge you to memorize that. In every graduate card this year, that's the scripture. I put in their card because it will lead you into wisdom. Okay. After the message, here's the, the final one that I'm going to share somebody else's story. After the message, I took the list home with me. As I began reading through the pride list, I could feel myself blushing. <laughs> I could remember when I first came to the Lord just about everything on that list I could see to some degree in who I was, that pride list. They could see the pride part of them when they first came to the Lord. 
I was almost ashamed. Then I began to read the humility side, and tears of joy and thankfulness began to stream down my face. I began to see the Lord's work in my life. Whether it was emotional healing or a painful trial, I finally realized when I counted all joy when trials come, the thing that's producing that is more valuable than gold is humility. I'm currently going through a couple huge trials now, and I'm sure there are plenty more coming. But now that I see what is it is producing, I can embrace them knowing that after their past, I will be more like Jesus. I just want to thank God for his grace, his mercy, and his patience with me, especially in the past when my pride resisted the trials. So this person actually saw where, yes, there was a lot of pride at one time, but God in his faithfulness through trials, he has removed some of that pride and he's began to do, he's done a, a wonderful work in that person. Stand up with me if you don't mind. You know, humility is beautiful and it attracts the favor of God to your life. We're getting ready to play a song and I'm hoping that you'll just actually deal with the Lord a little bit here. But I believe that many of you here today are being deeply convicted by God. And I just want to challenge you, don't stop at the conviction. After you get convicted by God, you must confess. You must confess the pride and begin to remove that pride from your life. Repent and turn from the pride and the selfish ways that you're walking in. Take the pride off and choose this beautiful road of humility. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. There's help from God right now, and there's help from others in this house. And our community is turning towards the Lord. Amen. And I am excited about it, and I want to be right in the middle of what God is doing. I chose a song to play right now that we're going to play, and, and I really struggled. It took me about 40 minutes this morning to figure out what song, but it's about moving mountains. And I really believe that this morning God wants to remove the mountain of pride from our life. I believe he wants us to humble ourselves and allow him to begin to break down that wall of pride. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray you would use this song to humble us. If you want to come to the altar today and begin to confess anything to the Lord, this altar is a beautiful place to begin to allow the humility of the Lord to break into your heart, for you to confess it to him. For him to surrender to you to surrender stuff to him. And so I just pray, everybody, you just close your eyes and get alone with the Lord. Maybe you bow even at your seat. But I don't know about you, there are areas of pride in my life that has held me back. But we're getting ready to move. We're getting ready to move and to do some powerful things for God. And will you, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, he will move. If I could have the altar team come forward right now, if I could have the prophetic team go back in the back, 
And if any of you need prayer, if any of you need a special thing from the Lord, we're just going to allow this song to soften our hearts as we seek the Lord. We're going to ask him, just ask him right now, Lord, remove the mountain of pride in my own heart. Remove the pride in my own heart, Father, in Jesus' name. Father, you've asked us to pause. You've asked us to stop right here and not continue. Father, we desire to move into a place of humility that brings about favor, God, that the humility moves your heart. And so, Father, we just ask, God, that you would, you would forgive us for our pride. I'm in. I choose to be fully into you, God. And if you need prayer, please let them pray for you. If you're here today and you need to recommit your ways back to the Lord, maybe you've been away from the Lord, these people up here at the altar will help you walk back to God, to surrender your pride and to come running to Him. This is a great opportunity to yield your heart to the Lord. Father, forgive us. Father, forgive us. Forgive me for my pride. Move this mountain of pride, Father. Move this mountain of pride in my heart. Lord, break our hearts. Father, bring godly sorrow. Father, I pray for conviction right now in all of our hearts. Lord, would you convict us? Father, would you expose the pride so that we can take it off? God, move this mountain. Move this mountain, Father, in Jesus' name. Oh, Father, in Jesus' name. Don't resist the Lord. Please, don't resist Him. Yield your heart to Him. Surrender to His Lordship. Surrender the parts of your heart that are attached to pride. Surrender your anger. Surrender your need to be right. Surrender your depression. Surrender your self-pity. Surrender your self-focus. you could, Clayton, just put on some other music at this time. Surrender your need to be right. Surrender your need to impress people. Surrender that desire to make, thing, think, make thing, people think that you're better than what you are. Surrender your beauty. Surrender your body.
surrender the need to be important. Surrender your need to know it all. Be slow to speak. Be slow to anger. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world any longer, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might know what God's will is. His good pleasing and perfect will. Father, as a church, we surrender to you right now. Father, online and here publicly, God, we surrender to your ways. We surrender to you, God. Father, we surrender to you this morning. We surrender to you, God. Take down this mountain of pride in our nation, in our church, and in our hearts, God. We're sorry. We're sorry we've made it about us. The Lord says, I'm about to renew some dreams and visions in your heart. For the Lord says there's been some pride that has been in the way that has kept some of these visions and purposes from coming to pass. And I'm raising up a Joseph company in this house. I'm raising up a Joseph company, young men and women who are going to come after me. I put dreams in your hearts. I put this dream in your heart. I put this thing inside of you that I've called you to. But even as I had to humble Joseph, even as I had to humble him, and I had to get him into a place of brokenness so that I could use him for my glory, I am taking off pride from you. I'm bringing down this mountain of pride for you. If you will surrender to me, if you will yield your heart to me, this is going to be a year of great promises fulfilled. 2020 is a year of revival. 2020 is a year of seeing destinies and purposes fulfilled in this generation. You have said, yes, you have heard me say that I am go it's going to be like a youth movement in this house and that there's going to be enough older people to stabilize the work. Well, I say, people of God, come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. I will move on your heart. I want to remove your pride so that I can catapult you into this next season. There is an epoch that's coming upon the land. There is a time where I need you. I need you full of humility and brokenness so that I can pour out my spirit in you and through you so that these dreams and these purposes that have you, have, you, have, you have known that have been, that have been there for years, you've been talking about them for years. I have them for you, says the Lord. I have them for you. And this is a season where the Spirit of God is blowing on the church.
Arise, holy ones. Arise. Take off your grave clothes. So that I may lift you up in due time. For the harvest is plentiful. The harvest is plentiful. And I want to send my laborers into the harvest field. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and I will lift you up. I will lift you up, says the Lord. I will lift you up. He who has an ear, let him hear. He who has an ear, let him hear. Lord, I pray this week that you would help us. I pray, oh Father, that you would help us to walk this journey, this beautiful thing of humility this week. That we would embrace putting others before ourselves. That, Father, we would lay down critical hearts, unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, jealousy, strife. Freedom. And that we would choose humility. Father, I ask that you would remove the blinders from our eyes this week. Remove the blinders of pride. Take the chinks in our armor, God, and expose them to us. Father, I thank you for bringing down this mountain of pride and helping us, God, this week to submit ourselves to one another, to yield, to put others first, to love like you love, to help our fellow man, to help those in our community, that we would begin to see the treasures that we walk by at work. God, turn our criticalness of the people at work and help us, God, to see them as a treasure, treasured by you. Help us in our homes. And God, in the grocery store, in restaurants, God, this week, as we walk, God, show us how to walk in humility this week. Father, I thank you for that. And I thank you, God, that there is a remnant, there is a people here who are saying yes, God. And so, Lord, we surrender our hearts, we yield to you, and we thank you, God, for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen.